Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, many retailers dream about making it big on Amazon.com. My final guest this morning is Eric Heller from Wonderman Thompson. Eric started his career in online retail when he joined Amazon back in 1999. And since then, he has helped over 400 brands manage and maximize their Amazon channel. So who better to advise our listeners about setting up and optimizing their store on Amazon.com? Eric, I want to start the interview by taking you back to the seven years that you spent working at Amazon. What was that experience like? (laughs) Well, Amazon has a very specific way that they're growing and doing business and staying there and understanding how they're disrupting traditional ways of purchasing, ways of thinking about consumers can be really formative. You learn an incredible amount very quickly. The real points are really to start with the customer and work backwards. And that's really the foundation. They have a set of uh, what they call leadership principles. Um, Dive deep. You you can look these up, by the way. Um, Amazon leadership principles. And the ones that I find most formative are really, you know, the way that I've used again and again are start with the customer and work backwards. Dive deep. In other words, really own and understand your data. And then in terms of leadership, you know, not being afraid to have a team that's willing to disagree, but then commit. So in other words, um, you know, you can't always be right, but you need to agree as a leadership team what the data tells you. You need to have the right data, and then you need to be able to have uh, teams that are empowered to make those decisions and then commit to the decisions. One per, Eventually, you all have to say the data means this, and this is the way we're taking it. And I would tell you that that has really been formative in the companies that I founded or worked at since. Now, of course, Amazon is the biggest and most recognizable e-commerce platform in the market. But what are the most common challenges that businesses face when trying to sell on Amazon? Oh, well, you know, there's um, a great, you know, a lot of brands think they know who their competitors are. You know, they maybe they get up on a Sunday morning and they walk the shop and they look and they're so used to knowing, oh, you know, we've got X percent market share in our space or we've got a great product and, it's, you know, we're growing well and we know who we know who else is out there. And what is so fundamentally different about e-commerce and particularly Amazon is you definitely don't know your customers until you're live there or until you do the research there. And the reason I say that is. Amazon is such a um, – when we were early days at Amazon, we used to call it roll your own store. And the idea really was that you may search for – you may be an American and search for toilet paper, and maybe you're next to a European who searches for toilet tissue. And they're very separate searches with separate results. And so that's very hard for people to get their, their minds around brands when they first start thinking about it. But in reality – your competitors on Amazon, your real competitors on Amazon are specifically the competitors on Amazon. And um, uh, I'll tell you a very brief story. In an early days at my company, we went to a major brand and they said, we love everything that you've done, particularly the growth. But the reporting we don't really love because you keep including brands we've never heard of. We want to know, see the, we want to see how we're doing against the brands we really compete against. And, you know, it was a pause, and I said, these are the brands you really compete against. The, uh, you know, the ones that you're selling against on Amazon are the ones that you really compete against. 
on Amazon. And that framework, that new mind shift is one of the most important things to think about for brands trying to think about selling on Amazon. It's a very good point you make, Eric. And apart from knowing who your e-commerce competitors are on Amazon, what other characteristics are shared by the brands that are really winning big on Amazon? I think there's a few different um, uh, ways to, quote unquote, win on Amazon. The first thing I'd say is, you know, the data demonstrates that more than 90% of customers are looking at reviews and ratings on Amazon regardless of where they shop. And I think that's an important thing to wrap your head around, which is winning on Amazon may not just be sales. In fact, in, in fact, right now, knowing and understanding and managing your reputation and information on Amazon may be critical to winning that brick and mortar purchase. The second thing in terms of what are the characteristics that are winning. So first of all, understanding that Amazon has both a direct marketing, so, you know, driving sales, uh, opportunity, but it also has a role in driving sales off Amazon. That's the first answer to your question. The second one that's in common, I think, is to really understand how consumers buy on the platform. And what I often guide uh, brands to think about is to really go through it themselves. You know, in other words, go through on Amazon, search for your product, but do it the way a consumer would, or have a focus group. I can't tell you the number of times that I have seen where people are telling me, well, you know, we're going to commission this big research study. And what I'll say is just get five people who don't think about this every day, sit down and watch them try and buy your product on Amazon or buy a competitor's. And then I want to give one last thing, just because I think this is a great, very easy thing that's missed all the time. We live in a world right now where we can see what everyone who bought our product yesterday thinks about it and also our competitors. So you can very easily go to Amazon, look at perhaps who's beating you or your product, and see what people like about that product. Or you can even filter by just the one and two star reviews, and you can see what people don't like about your competitor and say, wow, everybody thinks that their product um, should be waterproof. We could do that, and you can leap in front of them. And that's something used to be a $100,000 research and focus group, whereas now you can you know, your lowest, newest employee can try and run this for you as a report every Monday morning. Now, you mentioned something very interesting, and that's the fact that depending on what market you're servicing, the search terminology for the same product may differ. But what other differences are there when retailers are deciding to set up an Amazon store and whether or not they're going to sell into the US or the European market or the Asian market? Well, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that makes Amazon so different is that they can do the fulfillment and that because they're so big now, the infrastructure, this ecosystem of support is is really large. There are, you know, lists and lists that any anyone can find by looking on Google for service providers. But the example would be, um, uh, you know, what used to be a challenge from a U.S. seller looking to Europe is that. And in, the U- in Europe, selling into the U.S., the sales tax is calculated at the local level. But if you sell through Amazon's platform, they calculate that. But how do you pay it? Well, you know, there are services that do nothing but exist to support sellers on Amazon's platform and distribute and pay out your tax, you know, your regional taxes, you know, the sales taxes. These are just great points that this, this has been made so easy because so many people have um, hacked the trail through the forest in front of you 
that really all that's left is to decide, do I think, number one, that there is a market for my product in this space? Two, is there opportunity? In other words, is it too crowded? Um, and then three, uh, can I can I sell at a point, you know, including all of the – remember, Amazon is really a business that has to operate at the lowest level of granularity. So what I mean by that is can I really realistically make enough after fees and important – whatever else so that once Amazon sells that product, that I'll still be margin positive? And honestly, if you – you know, the people say all the time, what's the number one skill that I need to do this business? And I often say, like, Excel. <laughs> You know, you want to say a lot of things, but in reality, being able to understand at the lowest level your profitability is really the most important, um, uh, you know, actual attribute when you hire someone to run this for you or work with you on this, because understanding where you're profitable is really the start and end point. So, Eric, for any of our listeners that are interested in setting up an Amazon store as a way of selling into the U.S. market, is there any particular type of retailer that is best suited to this channel? And maybe it's still, at this stage, an underserviced market? Yeah, uh, you know, that. Um, when you think about that, I would tell you that people often say it's too late or isn't it already really well established? And one of the things I like to say back to that is, you know, Jeff Bezos still, their number one mantra at Amazon is it's still day one. And when you think about that, I think every time I've heard someone say, please, it's probably day two by now, right? You know, day one of the internet revolution or e-commerce revolution. But in reality, none of us could have predicted a year ago, but there is so much additional penetration over a year ago. And so what I want to say is don't don't let yourself be trapped into thinking it's still you know, there isn't an opportunity, but the opportunity might be different than you think. And there are some great tools that are very inexpensive out there that can help you assess whether there's an opportunity and in which one. You know, um, one of the ones I, I'm not meaning to endorse or what, it's just an example, but, you know, like an example is a tool that I use all the time that I like is Jungle Scout. And it's an inexpensive tool that has this thing that's like product opportunity finder. And you can just click in there and look at where you have high search terms but low uh, product responses. And that's a great example. But there are lots of ways you might succeed. Perhaps you have a unique product that everyone wants that no one's selling, or perhaps you have um, the lowest price or the highest availability or the highest quality. All of those are facets that you can use to leverage. The thing that you want to not do, though, I can remember – when Amazon Australia launched, I went down and was part of uh, talking at a conference around that launch with Amazon. And I had someone come up to me and he says, you know, um, I'm thinking of launching on Amazon. I said, yes. And he said, um, and I said, well, what do you do? And he says, well, we are the number one sports retailer in Alice Springs, I think. And I said, okay, great. I said, do you have product that no one else has? And he said, well, not really. And I said, do you have better pricing or availability? And he goes, no, we're in Alice Springs. You know, we do well because, you know, there's no one else out here. And I said, well, and he goes, do you think we'll be okay on Amazon? And I'm like, if you don't have something that no one else has, you don't sell it for a lower price than no one, and you don't have better availability, you know, you might need to think about a different set of products to sell to win on Amazon. Of course, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about the research that retailers should engage in prior to setting up a store on Amazon. Thank you for that tip, Jungle Scout tool that our listeners can use. What other tools and research is required by a business before engaging in setting up that store on Amazon? 
You know, I think I really want to go back to there's this amazing set ecosystem. So I think what I would do is do with the first thing I do is no one knows your product better than yourself. And so you know how people shop. You can watch other people shop for your product. Watch that and understand, um, you know, one pitfall I see uh, brands fall into a lot is that sometimes they think only the way their own terminology works. So I could think one of our earliest clients was doing poorly in what was at the time a brand new fad, which was ladies' boots that were for, you know, fall weather, winter weather, but that had this, um, the part that goes over your calf is wider. And, you know, at the time they were saying, oh, this is the hottest thing. They're selling really well in brick and mortar. And they're like, we're not selling anything online. Well, online, the, um, the boots are called, they were calling the boots what the industry calls them, which is wide shaft boots. But the, but the search terms for this actually turned out to be what consumers call them, which was uh, wide calf boots, or even there, there was a funny market, athletic calf boots. And the most important thing that solved and unlocked everything for them was to just know what consumers called their product, which is not what they called it. And I think really trying to do, there's keyword research tools like Merchant Words and many others. You can look them up. And so understanding what the keywords are that are popular in your category, understanding what products are already there, and then really understanding if you're not there now, what are the weaknesses of the products that are there? You know, for example, the negative keywords I talked about earlier. You know, what are the what do people not like about the current assortment? And then finally, if you have a direct path to maybe create a lower cost or something else related to that, um, you know, lower cost, better quality, something like that, leveraging that to disrupt the market is always an opportunity. If you're just going to be the one millionth seller of three and six foot or sorry, one and two meter lightning cables, you know, it's going to be a tough business. Now, what's involved actually in setting up a store on Amazon and what are the relevant timelines involved? Well, um, you know, there is one side to this to say that Amazon is so easy that someone could sign up and probably be selling something today. But in reality, the majority of companies that have an existing concern and want to integrate, it's a complex opportunity, right? You don't you can get on and suddenly realize, well, if I want to sell third party, in other words, on Amazon and not to Amazon the way I traditionally sell, maybe I don't know how to, I don't have anyone that interacts directly with customers, or maybe I don't have a, you know, Amazon, here's a basic one that's sort of always hard to believe is so challenging for brands, but I don't have a way to take money or put in a credit card. We don't have a credit card, you know, to sign up for this. So there's one of the things is that, you know, there are plenty of agencies like Wonderman Thompson, like, um, plenty of agencies that you can call that are out there that you could either work with or there's plenty of online resources and guides if you're a smaller brand or merchant and want to just set something up and look at that. And then there's a lot of third-party communities and Reddit boards and other things to help to help you come in and do that. And of course, last year you delivered a presentation about collaborating rather than competing with Amazon to boost your sales. How can this be achieved? What I love about this is that when they called me for that presentation, they said, we're running this Amazon event, and um, it's going to be called Competing and Collaborating with Amazon. And I said, outstanding. That's exactly what I would call it. And they said, great. Which one do you want? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, do you, we're going to have two tracks. There'll be people speaking about competing with Amazon, and there'll be people talking about collaborating with Amazon. And I laughed, and I said, I want both. 
And they said, what? And I said, because the biggest brands that I know are doing both. You know, the biggest successes are doing both. And the reason why I, um, you know, that's really true is, you know, it's easy to get hung up on the fact that Amazon has so many private labels. And then you remember, well, wait, so does the average grocery store. So many grocery stores have private labels and I compete with them already or drug stores. And so there are things where you can think it's more about how do I win on the platform, but always recognize um, that Amazon is going to take some of that data. They're going to know more than I ever will about their own consumers. And so I'm almost uh, setting up a kiosk inside their shop. And they also sell some of the products that I sell. So how can I do it better, faster, quicker? What do I know about my space that, um, that they don't? And we see that all the time. You know, Amazon has disrupted many industries, but there are also many remaining winners in those industries too. I do think it's one of the reasons that probably holds so many retailers back from registering on Amazon because the fear factor of them getting access to so much data about their products and services and what they're selling and the fear that Amazon might decide that they'll compete with them directly, source those products themselves. Yes, I agree with you on that one point, which is that, you know, there are challenges on Amazon. There are counterfeits. There are nefarious actors. There are, you know, when I say nefarious, you know, it's like any marketplace, right? There's there's people out there that might leave you negative reviews to try and, you know, snipe your product. There's a lot of this stuff that just happens. It's complicated. And there are retailers and brands that get sidelined that have bet a lot on Amazon and then they get suspended and it becomes very painful. And what I would say is I think you're right. I think there is a balance here of building a brand but not losing a brand. And I think, you know, Amazon is a place where you can build a brand if there's demand for the product. It's not a good place to go if no one knows they want your product. In other words, if they don't know they want or need your product and there's no one searching for that keyword yet, it's very hard to build that kind of business on Amazon. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Eric Heller from Wonderman Thompson. And I'm delighted that he shared his invaluable knowledge of Amazon with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. 